Master Kenobi, you disappoint me. Yoda holds you in such high esteem. Most likely known these days for roles such as that one, Count Dooku from Star Wars, and Saruman the White from Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, plus many, many more, including Dracula. But this man wasn't only an actor. Join us this week as we explore the extraordinary life of Sir Christopher Lee. Yes. I love that the first thing that we're going to hear in this episode is the producer that everyone's been begging for. You don't know what to say, do you? Hey, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, boy. Uh, Welcome to another episode of The Cheeky Tales. This week The Cheeky Tales or just Cheeky Tales? John telling the story. I am here to tell you a man's story. Aaron doing the listening and questions, I guess. And Sean is back as producer. I am indeed. Welcome back. Fact checker extraordinaire. Although, judging by the intro- I'm more excited to just hear about it. I don't even care. I don't even care about facts. Who and cares? I'll get nice. my phone out and I'll be the producer. Nice. I don't even, this man is too cool to not to, to worry about facts. All right, sounds like Sean knows what, what I'm going to get into. I also brought the beer. Did yeah, we have beer. beer again this week. Yes. A beer Celtic that none of us- red. So what's happened since our last recording? It's been, what, nearly four weeks? What, what, a, lot of, a lot of stuff's happened, hasn't it? We've had a Super Bowl. Yeah, we, we, we had the Super Bowl, didn't we? We had an AFC, champ, AFC and NFC championship mm-hmm. and then yeah. a Super Bowl. We're massive NFL fans between um, the three of us. Yes. What else has happened? <laughs> I can't uh, think of anything else major. I did regional Australia, did a tour. For oh, work. yes. That was fun. You were all over the place. I think I, the earthquakes in Turkey happened. Yep. Which is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. Man, a lot happened in the four weeks since we recorded. Mm. Anyway, how are we all? We all good? Good. 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 Staked up. Good to hear. Hydrated. Good to hear. <laughs> So, what is this? You both know about this. I don't. Well, this is the story of actor Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Do you mm-hmm. know of this actor boy? Sean, Sean knows of him. Well, I know Count Dooku. Do you? Yep. Saruman Dracula. Well, do you, have you seen the movies that he would have You know I have. Actually, that is the biggest news since You've we seen last movies. recorded. I have now seen Titanic. Oh, really? I oh, saw that's it. right. Yeah. I saw it on Valentine's Day. Yeah, nice. Three and a half hours of your life you won't get back? Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I frothed that movie. Yeah, nice. Watching you- it and just being like, I've I've researched all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, cool. This is accurate. Yeah, is that why you liked it so much? Because Probably. Do you, do you reckon you would have liked it less had you not done all that research for the podcast? Uh, maybe, yeah. I think knowing as much as I did made it better. Yeah, um, okay. But that is a fantastic movie. And Sweet. it's been re-released in 3D. Definitely worth the 3D. No. Yeah, nice. Surely not. Oh, that well, speaking of Titanic and person who directed Titanic, James Cameron, he James has another movie Cameron. over a billion dollars. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yep. That, that's happened in the last four that weeks. Has yeah, happened sure. in the last four weeks. It's made a ton of money. <laughs> I still don't know anyone that's seen it. <laughs> no one I know has seen it. Have you seen it, it Sean? I haven't had time. No, because nobody cares. Nobody cares. I I want to see it. I I want to see it very much. I just don't have a lot of time. (laughs) Nobody cares. Currently, yeah, currently grows $2.25 billion. But who are these people? Hey. Is it number three on the list now of all time? Has it gone over the first Avatar? I believe so. Like, who are these people seeing it? I don't know anyone that's seen it. 
Hit us up on at Cheeky Tales Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you've seen how it. How many? I don't know anyone. How many does James Cameron ha- James Cameron have in the top five? How it's, many I think does it's James three. Cameron? Yeah, he he does have a lot. Let's see the way. James Cameron. A worldwide opening of forty four point forty four four hundred and forty one point seven million. It opened as the eleventh biggest selling movie of all time. Did puss and, and the boots third beat it. and the third largest of the COVID nineteen pandemic era behind Spider Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. IMAX accounted for forty eight point eight million, the second highest global weekend ever for a film released in IMAX cinemas. It is the highest grossing film of two thousand twenty two and the third highest grossing film of all time, and the biggest grossing film of the pandemic era. It's the fourth film to reach a billion dollar milestone in the pandemic era after Spider Man, Top Gun, Maverick, Jurassic World, Domination. As well really? as the sixth yeah. fastest overall to reach the milestone in just 14 days. It grows $2 billion in January 2022, becoming the first film in the pandemic era and the sixth in history to reach that milestone at all. It's also the second fastest to grow $2 billion, reaching that milestone in 40 days. And still, I don't know a single person that's seen it. Yeah, I don't know anyone that's seen it either. But I do want to see it. List of highest grossing films of all time. Anyway. Let's move on from that topic, which could get very heated very three, quickly. Three of the four highest grossing films. Okay. Three of the James top five. Cameron. Which, so are, which it's are Avatar 1, Avatar 2, two and Titanic. And Titanic. Titanic's still up there. Ava- yeah. And so, so it should be. What and then the other one would be Infinity War. Infin- uh, no, Endgame. Oh, is, sorry. Yeah, Endgame. So Avatar, the first movie, is I mean. at number one at worldwide gross of um, 2,922,917. $9,914. Yeah, just round up to the nearest building. building I can't. Yeah. It's, too, it's, it's there. I have to read it. Avengers Endgame at um, $2,797,000,000 and so on. And then Avatar The Way of Water is at $2.25 Titanic $2.24 It should be number one. Star Wars The Force Awakens is at $2,068,000,000. Then Infinity War is below Star Wars at number yeah. four. Right. So he's got- Yeah. Three in the top five. He's got three in the top four. Yes, three in the top four. That's wild. That's wild. Yep. Always bank on James Cameron. Take that, Steven Spielberg, you bum. Take that, James Gunn. Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad, but I'll tell you what, three, three out of four, four is better. better yeah. <laughs> That's really- <it's- laughs> Tell you what, take that, Michael Bay. Anyway, with all this movie talk- Yeah, fuck Michael Bay. Um, you ruined Transformers. <laughs> take that, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> you just- are you just naming <laughs> directors now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Peter Jones. Take that Heston now. <laughs> Heston Blumenthal? I- <laughs> what? <laughs> who, who, what has he directed? I don't know who that is. Heston Blumenthal's He's a, chef. a chef. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, though the list is very, very long, we're going to leave Christopher Lee's acting till a little later on. Till a little later on. Okay. First, I want to explore his life outside of acting, starting with Christopher Frank Cardini Lee was born on May 27th, 1922 in London, England, of course, to parents Geoffrey Lee and Countess Estelle Marie. Really glad you clarified England. Yeah, I got it. No, I clarified London. Thanks for listening. No, I did clarify England. Never mind. Sorry. Are you Thanks listening? for speaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, his mother, Countess Estelle Marie, whose maiden name was Caradini di Sarzeno. Okay. So his dad Jeff was a Jeff. Was, my, my name, name Jeff. Jeff was a Boo. lieutenant. <laughs> was that in your soundboard? Actually, it was in my soundboard. <laughs> so his dad uh, Jeff was a lieutenant colonel of the 60th King's Royal 
rifle corps who fought in the Boer War and the First World War. His mother is described as an Edwardian beauty who apparently had a lot of paintings done of her and sculptures too. Oh, yeah. So, Paint and- me like one of your French girls. Mm. Oh, that's what I was going to bring up about Titanic, but we've moved on. I haven't. I was just going to say, I've seen a lot of, I still haven't seen Titanic, the film, but I've seen a lot of the memes lately where it's like Arnie Schwarzenegger is the the chick. Oh, and yeah. like they've deep faked him and he's like, look at my boobies, Jack. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Speaking of his mother, on his mother's side, there's a bit of a link to Australia. Lee's great-grandmother was an English-born opera singer, Marie Cardini. She was brought to Tasmania. Carandini. Carandini, sorry, thank you. Carandini. She was brought to Tasmania when she was seven years old, and her first performance was in Hobart. Wait, is this bloke Australian? Uh, no. no. Oh. But he, his great-grandmother spent a lot of time in Australia, as I'm about to cover. Okay. She lived and performed in, in Australia nearly her whole life and had a farewell concert in 1892 before leaving for England where she passed away two years later. Really? So yeah, just a little bit of an Aussie connection to the man of the moment, Christopher Lee. Yeah, that's right. She was an English-born yep. opera singer that was in Australia and then she married into... So she the, spent the, about 85 years in Australia. Yeah, and then she married into the, the Carandini... 85 years. Yeah. Touring around, did a lot of uh, concerts in Sydney, Melbourne... Stuff like that. She was apparently a very well-known Australian opera singer. It's also said that Lee, I'm going to refer to him as Lee from now on because Christopher Lee is just too long to say. Lee was a descendant of Emperor Charlemagne of the Holy Roman Empire and was related to Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general. Ah, there you go. Why are all famous people related? To other famous people? Yeah, like why is that a thing? Aristocracy, nobility, same reason. Like, or the Illuminati. No, it's just keep keep it all in the bloodline. I don't yeah. know. But like it's across industries. Like yeah. it's so wild. Yeah. Anyway. The class system. The traditional class system. Not the version we have now. Like on planes. Nah, I'm gammon. Trains. <laughs> Lee's parents separated. <laughs> Trains. Trains. Lee's parents separated when he was four years old and two years later they divorced. During this time, his mother took him and his sister to Wenjin. Is it Wenjin in Switzerland? That's Pronunciation it. of... It's probably Ven- Venyan. It's, it's Venon. Yep. Where he would play his very first role as Rumpelstiltskin. Nice. Wengen. Good start. Vengen. Venga boys. A few years later, <laughs> they would return to England and his mother would marry Harcourt George St. Crox Crows, a banker. Okay. St. Croix. St. Croix, is it? Croix, yeah, St. Croix. St. Croix's Rose. Uh, he was a banker and uncle to one Ian Fleming. Ian thought. Oh. Do you recognize that name, boy? Ian Fleming. Dun, I do recognize the name Ian Fleming. Dun, 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 he is the author dun, dun, of James Bond's novels. Dun, 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 yes. Dun, 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 dun. So that made Chris, like Christopher Lee and Ian Fleming step cousins. Dope. At some point, the family what? moved to Fulham. Someone has to say it. What? What are you doing, step cousin? Oh, oh, no. That's step bro. What are you doing? I'm making it worse. Okay. Oh. Well, step cousins would be better. Anyway, moving on. At some point, (laughs) the family moved to Fulham. (laughs) That's got to get cut. (laughs) At some point, the family moved to Fulham, and it was here that one night he was introduced to Prince (laughs) Yusopov. (laughs) Prince Felix. (laughs) Are you right? Alexevich. Do you remember when that ship was stuck in the Soyuz Canal? Yes. There, there was the a meme. meme that was like, what are you doing, step ship? I'm oh, now you can't cut it. I did see that. Uncut. Now, you, now it's uncut. Oh, you made it relevant. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, it was one night here. He was introduced to Prince Yusopov yep. and Grand Duke Dmitry Palovich. Dmitry's such a good name. Mm-hmm. These men, boy, were the assassins of Grigory Rasputin. Oh, Rasputin. Yes. That's a story I want to do at some point. That's a great story. Yeah. Rasputin. Yes, I, I read- The uncle of, I read this, <laughs> of Russia. Learning this, I read this and I went, that is an interesting story. And then I immediately told Kirsty about it. The, like- What happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your story now, you can do it. This would be serendipitous as Lee would play Rasputin in the 1966 film, Rasputin the Mad Monk. Ra, ra, Rasputin, something, something. So yeah, it's just love, very interesting. Lover of the Russian Queen. That's the one. Rasputin, lover of the Russian Queen. Russia's yeah. greatest love machine. Yep. He's a weird looking dude too. Yeah. Yeah, weird looking dude. Yeah. yeah. Good disco Quite. hit. Yeah. So Great yeah, disco Just hit. very weird that he just ran into these two people and then like- Turns out they were important. Yeah. So moving on, Lee had a pretty normal schooling life. Apart from apparently being beaten in school frequently, um, and now I'm I'm assuming this is not from bullies, but as the discipline of the time Teachers, back then, yep. yep, including once for and I quote, being beaten too often. <laughs> so he, he got a, he could get floggings for misbehaving, uh, and then got a flogging for getting flogged too much. Well, that's what you get. Stop being such a little rat. Well, you say that because he would accept this as punishment for knowingly breaking the rules. He he said that he's like meh. I broke the rules. It's what I deserved. Yeah, well. With a year left in his schooling, his stepfather <laughs> would go bankrupt. Oh. Leading to them, to his uh, mother and stepfather separating and forcing Lee to find work. At the time, though, no positions were available as everyone was on summer holidays. So Lee was sent to the French Riviera where his sister was on holidays with her friends. Huh. During the Sounds ju- nice. Yeah. During the journey there, Lee would stop in Paris and witness the last public, public execution by guillotine in oh, France. jeez. Okay. So as a 17-year-old boy- That was just, like in the 70s, wasn't it? Uh, no, was he, was, it? he was 17 and this he was born in 1922. So that would oh, put 30s. it at 1939. Yeah. There you go. Uh, 17th of June. Yes. Eugene Wiedemann. So yeah. Thank Is you. A German man named Eugene Wiedemann. There's no, uh, there's no R. Two N's. Uh, he was a serial killer who killed six people. And Ooh. apart from the first person, they were all shot in the back of the neck. A little, bit, a little bit of reading into it. He had Ugh, a, he had a thing neck. for like shooting them in the back of the neck. Yep. Ugh. Gross. Both male and female victims. This wasn't just, he just liked to shoot them in the back of the neck. Ugh. So yeah, that's uh yeah, 17 year old. He just, oh, what's going on today? In pa- what's going on today in Paris? Oh, it's the last public execution of, oh, by God, a guillotine. That. There's a guillotine set up. What's going on over here? <laughs> Lee would remain there for a little while, but with Europe on the brink of war, he would return to London and get work as an office clerk running errands and taking care of the mail for United State lines. USL. As World War II broke out across Europe, Lee enrolled in a military academy and volunteered to fight for the Finnish army against the Soviet Union during the Winter War. Why the Finnish army? It was a thing the British people did at the start. They, there was a bunch of them that actually volunteered to go fight for the Finnish because they were being invaded by the Soviet Union. Right, okay. And I said it wasn't- Finland is in, well, Finland is a socialist state. Um, and it's also in a really, really weird strategic area. Yeah, that connects a lot of. But wasn't Western Britain Europe. already against? No, Germany no. at this point. Yeah, but Finland is like Germany wanted to take Finland, so they would in, they would send people to join the Finnish army, right? So that the Finnish army would have some backup. Same thing. They sent a whole bunch of people to northern Russia in the Bolshevik Revolution, even though there was nothing there, but it could have been an important port city. Okay. 
Yeah. There's actually a really great book about it. Actually, it might do it as a podcast, so I'm just going to shut up. Australians were there. It was dope. I had a relative there. He and the other British volunteers were kept away from the actual fighting. They were, however, issued with winter gear and posted on guard duty, albeit a safe distance from the border. After two weeks in Finland, they returned home. He returned to work at United States Lines, where he found the work more satisfying, feeling like he was contributing. Okay. But in early 1940, he would change companies to Beecham's, again as an office clerk, then a switchboard operator. Beecham's was a pharmaceutical company, I believe. Just quickly, Sean, maybe don't use the mic to scratch your face. <laughs> it made no noise. <laughs> it did. Boo. I heard you go. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I was too busy <laughs> reading. Um, Beecham's would <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> all right, that's all staying in now. Beecham's keep it. Beecham's would move out of London, and Lee would join the Home Guard. In winter, his father fell ill with bilateral pneumonia and died on March twelfth, nineteen forty-one. Is that both lungs? Uh, no, I think it was. It's more like on the side of oh, okay the lung. Oh, that's why I looked up because I had double pneumonia as a three-year-old, where both lungs were oh. filling with fluid. Yep, that might be a story for a podcast of madness. Uh, I was very close to dying. He had no inclination to follow his father into the army and so decided to join the Royal Air Force, the RAF. RAF. In the RAF, he passed all of his exams and then would travel to southern Rhodesia in South Africa to continue training, flying the Tiger Moths. Lee was having his penultimate training session before his first solo flight when he suffered from headaches and blurred vision. A medical officer diagnosed him with Failure of his optic nerve. Oh. And he was told he would never fly again. Oh, jeez. That is not what you want when you're just training. Side note, planes had such cooler names back then. Oh, they so Tiger did. Tiger Moth. Yeah, yeah, now we just get stupid numbers yeah. and maybe they call them lightning. Mm-hmm. But like the Tiger Moth. The, J- the JSF. What's one of the ones that we've got in the museum in Canberra? It's not Tiger Moth, but it's got a similar name. It's probably a Tiger Moth. Okay, no. Obviously dejected, he would then move around different flying stations before joining RAF Intelligence. RAF. Lee was attached to number 260 Squadron RAF and helped plan missions throughout the North African campaign. It was said, and broadly speaking, Lee was expected to know everything. The Allies advanced through Tobruk, Benghazi, onto the Marble Arch, and onto Tripoli, with the squadron averaging five missions a day. Five? Five. Averaging five a a day. Average. Yeah. So some days might be two, other days might be seven. Like, That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. They would lend air support and bomb strategic. Bomb strategic. Yep, they would lend air support and bomb strategic targets. As the advance continued, Lee was almost killed when the squadron's airfield was bombed. In July of 1943, Lee received his second promotion of the year. And with the end of the Sicilian campaign, Lee would contract malaria for the sixth time and under... 12 months. Sixth. And was flown to a hospital in Carthage. I didn't realise malaria was that, like you could just Prevalent. get over it, get it again. Yeah. Six times in a 12-month period. Oh, no, thank you. Not That's, great. It's too much malaria. Is malaria not that dangerous then? Um, I thought it was. A lot of people die of malaria yeah. every year. Yeah, a lot of people die of malaria every year. More or less the reason that it's, they talk about it so much from the military standpoint is it makes you 100% combat ineffective. When he would return to the squadron... They were restless and frustrated with the lack of news from the Eastern Front and the Soviet Union in general. Plus, they weren't getting getting mail from home and there was no alcohol. Well, what's the point of being at war then? 
in Italy. Oh, true. <laughs> Unrest spread and threatened to turn into mutiny. Lee was able to talk everyone down and got them to resume their duties. This impressed his commanding officers. Just, I'm sure it did. He just rocked <laughs> back from hospital like, oi, guys, what is going on? I love the idea of the commanding officers being like, hey, we need you around to keep the men from getting yep. mad, which is our job, but it's yours now. I actually didn't um, go into this at any point, but he, uh, his like stature was quite imposing because he was six, uh, six foot five inches tall. So six, Jeez, six and in tall. those days, that's like eight feet now. Yeah, and he's like quite- Adjusted for inflation. He's, he's not skinny, but he's not like bulky. It is like just a normal yeah. build, quite tall, pretty impressive. Probably just a healthy looking guy these yeah. days. And you can imagine he would have still had a relatively deep timbre of his voice, oh, even, yes. at, even at that age. Yeah. So in, in winter of 1943, the Allies invaded Italy. Lee was swapped to the army during some officer swap scheme. There's some sort of officer swap scheme that happened at, the, at that point. I, I didn't get into it. But this put him in Europe. Is that like the NBA draft? Uh, yeah, Maybe. Swapping officers, like whatever, got traded. So anyway, while on leave in Naples, how many draft picks did the Air Force get for him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably should have got a, quite a few. Boy, he was in Naples, uh, where on leave, where he climbed Mount Vesuvius. Nice. Uh, which also erupted three days later after his climb. So oh, just, really? It just happened to like, oh, Christopher Lee's here. We'll just wait. He's out of the country. Boom! I'm gonna I'm gonna erupt. So, I yeah. really want to do an episode on Mount Vesuvius. Yeah, three days after he climbed it. It went boom. I don't think I want to climb a volcano for that exact reason. No, yeah, I'll I'll stay away, thanks. White Island scared the bejesus out of me. Is that the New Zealand one? Yeah, I watched the documentary on Netflix. No, thank you. I'm not going anywhere near one of those things. Ugh. Doesn't Australia have like- None. No, we don't have have any. They have no active, but they have- active, yeah. But we have the most dormant volcanoes to land mass? Probably. Probably. Because we've got none. Well, New Zealand is- was formed from volcanic activity. Hawaii is just a giant volcano. It's a giant volcano. But of course, you know, it's a matter of number of volcanoes to landmass. So yeah, undersea volcanoes. That'd be an odd stat to compare because of the sheer size of Australia. Yeah. I I just heard that once before. Should go to Sicily because I got that big ass one there. That's like- Isn't that Mount Vesuvius? No, no, no. Pretty sure that's Vesuvius. It's not Vesuvius. The island of Sicily, which is separate (laughs) to mainland Italy, it's the bottom of the boot. Has its yeah. own has its own island. Okay. Uh, its own okay. um, active own volcano. Yeah. yeah, it's the largest active volcano in in Europe. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. There's also a story, another story of him almost dying, um, <laughs> when during the final assault on Monte Cassino, a plane crashed on takeoff. Was it his? Uh, like an Allied plane? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Crashed on takeoff, and he tripped over one of its live bombs. <laughs> Tripped over. <laughs> tripped over. Look, I'll help you guys. Uh, yeah, I don't know what was happening, but yeah, he was out there and he just tripped over one of its live bombs. Must have fell off like when it was cracked. Like, <laughs> how do you not Tiger? see it? I've no, I don't know. Well, he's six and a half foot tall. It's just it's all the way down the there. Bombs are like, <laughs> yeah, the ones the ones back then weren't particularly large. I mean, still, it's not going to be like so small you couldn't see it. Yeah, there's not a lot of context for that situation. All of this was done with the long range desert patrol, Sean, which is. The Long Range Desert Patrol. Well, I mean, it was a forefather to lead into the SAS as Thank well. Thank you very much. Exactly what I was looking for. SAS. Precursor to the SAS. And therefore a precursor to whatever that show was on Channel 7 that I mentioned as often as possible. Well, it SAS goes- Australia. That one. It goes SAS a little bit- Australia. <laughs> which is just the Australian SAS. It, what? Goes, it goes a little bit deeper with the formation of special forces through a variety of different avenues, most notably in Australia through the creation of Z Force, but I'm not going to get into that. That's a good one. 
Oh, you can now listen to the very long song that my <laughs> new washing machine plays. Is it the same song? Because Eos plays the same yeah. song. So I also got a new washing How did machine. I, see? I also so got a new- long. You have enough time it's- to laugh at it. And then stop laughing because it's annoying it's and then start going. laughing because it's funny again. It also changes. It's not the same song. It's always the same song for us. It change. I got a new washing machine not that long ago either and a new dryer. And Welcome to Whitewood's on- chat on I- Cheeky Tales. I can honestly say <laughs> I picked one specifically that didn't have a prepare to bleep me for this. A goddamn f***ing song. Just why? Just tell me you're done. I don't need a minute plus of beeps. Because doing the washing sucks and you need something cheery. Price aside, why did you pick one that played a flippin' song? Okay, Just- so one, I didn't know. Two, it's got this little win. It's a front loader and it's got a little window that you can push open and you can put stuff in that you've forgotten. It's awesome. I Also, it's smart home. I thing. have a front loader and when I want to put things in that I've forgotten, I press the pause button and press the button that says add more clothes and then I add more clothes. Can you open the whole door? Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So actually, while I was away- and it doesn't play a song. The guy that I was- the guy that I was with on this trip, he's 22, and I started talking to him and about, I was like, one day you'll wake up and you'll think that your washing machine is interesting. And we had like a quick two-minute conversation. Somebody else heard me talking about it, and they're like, why are you talking about a washing machine? I was like, oh, I was just telling you about my new washing machine and how one day when you get old, you'll wake up and talk about a washing machine. And then they started talking about their washing machine. Then other people at the table started talking about theirs. And we had this like five minute conversation and I looked over at the 22 year old and he looked real upset. And I'm like, this is your fault and it will happen to you. Uh So I'm glad that this has come up again. And three grown adult men are talking about washing machines. (laughs) I had a similar experience the first time that I went into Bunnings and it made sense. Yeah. I would have been about- 19 or 20, and I walked in and I went, oh, I get it now. Yep. I get it. I can do this and I can do this. And there's these things. Oh, what's in the fixings aisle? Oh, I can put hooks on this and I can stick this and oh, a new toolbox. I got it. I was like, I get why the ads are so common. Sorry, John. No, good. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> John will talk about Bunnings all day. Yeah. Every shop's the same. There, do, there does need to be a compilation episode podcast at the end of each year or the end of each quarter of, the random topics. Of, all, yeah, of all the random topics that got brought up throughout the, the episodes. the random topic podcast. Yeah. So, yes, thank you, Sean. That is exactly the information I was looking for. It's the precursor to the SAS. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, he moved from the LRDP to Winston Churchill's even more elite special operations executive, or SOE. So whose missions are still classified today. Uh, but they, I find that very funny that there's still World War II stuff that's classified. classified yeah. But the, their missions involved conducting espionage, sabotage, and reconnaissance in occupied Europe against Axis powers. Sabotage. The SOE was informally known as the Ministry for Ungentlemanly Warfare. Huh. And I think Dope. that needs to be turned into a movie because that sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds like the title of a movie that's got- That like, is the title of a movie. Like, what? It could no, be. No, that's what what that should, be, should, be, that should be the title okay. of the yeah, movie. Gotcha. It sounds like a spin-off or a spoof maybe of Kingsman. Yeah, mm. it, it sounds like a movie be, that would have yes. Daniel Craig as like the head Inspiration guy. Inspiration for Kingsman. Yeah. No, it feels like it needs some silly comedic actor trying to do something serious. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Nah, too far. Like, too Adam, far. like Adam Sandler or something Adam like that. Sandler. <laughs> he has chops, man. Oh, and here's my wife, impeccably beautiful European woman who I would never have a shot with in real life, That's which is every, every Adam movie. Sandler movie. Oh, man. 
Grown Ups. I know you don't want to talk about Grown Ups because oh, you hate, hate that, that film, but holy crap, Selma Hayek, man. Click, man. Selma. Who's in Click? Kate Beckinsale. It is Kate oh, Beckinsale. Right. But that's Selma it, Hayek, man. Oh. What's the one? Is it just go with it? The one where he's he's like dating Kate Upton and the he's like he's a dentist and the the other like the his secretary I think is Jennifer Aniston. And so he's oh, like choosing between Kate Upton and Jennifer Aniston. I think that is just go with it. Classic Adam Sandler movie. And he's done two with Drew Barrymore, Fifty First Dates and yep. another one. Um the Africa one. Blended. Yep. I like Fifty First Dates. It's a good movie. I think we found Aaron's movie no, knowledge. Not me. Which not is me. just Adam Sandler it's, movies. It's Brie. It's Brie, it's Brie. 100%. I know she can hear this and she's not come out to defend herself, which is funny, but Brie is obsessed with Adam Sandler movies yeah, at okay. the moment. Like Blended and um, the other one. Grown Ups. Grown Ups. I've seen those movies all the way through like 30 times each. <laughs> Grown Ups is held up by David Spade. Yeah, she is. Grown Ups is not held by David Spade. That it's is a wild co- are you watching one right now? Yeah. What are you watching? <laughs> Which one? Go on the mic. Hey? Which one? On the mic. Get on the mic. Blended. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, She's watching blended. blended right now. Like, that's what I mean. It's not me. <laughs> look, look at how red you're that's going. That's so funny. Breeze out there praying to her Lord and Saviour, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, if you're listening, hit us up on the socials. <laughs> what are the chances? Quite high, actually. Adam Sandler, if you're out there, um, feel free to come on and tell us how much of a serious actor you are. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's dunk on Adam yeah. Sandler. <laughs> tell me about your cameo in Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> and how you literally took the piss out of yourself. <laughs> and you also made that movie Grown Ups. <laughs> oh, yes. And then you made a sequel. That's amazing. I'm so glad she was watching Blended. <laughs> Should we have a beer review intermission? I mean, we're, we're so far off the... Of John's story right now. We may as well. What's it called again? Bridge Road Brewers Celtic Red Ale. Celtic Red Ale. Celtic. It is delicious. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's like- What do you think, John? I need to remember. That you've got the beer. I've been talking a lot. It's like fruity and red, and I love red ales. Aaron does love red ales. I can't believe you're watching Blended. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mind it. It's good. Made in Beechworth, Victoria. Um, Bridge Road Brewers make a variety of different beers. Uh, however, pretty much anything with red ale in it is up Aaron's alley and, oh, yeah. and much my own. Um, also a good time of year for it. Not too hot, not too cold. It's mm-hmm. perfect for things like red ales. I want something a bit more fuller flavored. There isn't that many out there that aren't really high in alcohol or barrel aged or something as well. So they're often like eight, 9%. I'm like, oh, it's, it's a bit much. Too much. Yeah. This one's spot on 5.3%. So a touch above average, 1.5 standard drinks in a 355 mil can. Get it at your local bottle shop. Thanks to very my, good. Thanks to my beer dealer in Morningside for having such an v- outstanding variety of of beers. Feel free to sponsor us and provide us with a four pack for each episode. I need <laughs> to get over there. Yes, What's it, it is. It's called my beer dealer. Okay, and it is outstanding. That's a free plug. That's a free plug, my beer dealer. Please. Thanks, Back John. to the story. Back to the show. So in the final few months of his service, at this point, Lee spoke fluent French, Italian, and German, among a few other languages. I think it was 
by the like end of his life, I think it was six total languages he could speak. Jeez, six. I can barely speak one. <laughs> I've been talking about learning Spanish for like 10 years. <laughs> as, you, as listeners, you can tell we all barely speak one. Yeah. <laughs> Bear, we, we struggle. I tried to learn Italian and all I remember is that giornale is newspaper. <laughs> That's the word you got? Well, there's also nonna and nonno. I at least learned a little bit of French to understand fruits, vegetables, how to say good morning and stuff like that. Speciale. Is that special? Yeah. Okay, cool. You didn't go with super leggera? Super leggera. Well, no, because I don't know what that is. Super light. Ah. Lee was transferred to the Central Registry of War Criminals and Security Suspects. Okay. You want me to say that again? Yep. Central Registry of War Criminals and Security Suspects. (laughs) More commonly known as... Crocas. Yep. Crocas. Crocas. <laughs> Where he was tasked with tracking down Nazi war criminals. Of this of his time with the organization, Lee said, We were given dossiers. Sorry, this is a quote. We were given dossiers of what they'd done and told to find them, interrogate them as much as we could, and hand them over to the appropriate authority. So this was post war? Yes. Yeah, post war. Okay. Well yeah, yeah. So yeah, like hunting. The most dangerous game, hunting people down after the war. Like Nazi they're war criminals. still doing that now. Are they yeah. like, yeah, there's still people getting um, persecuted for World War II. Yeah, wow. I think there was just one like Sorry. earlier last year. Prosecuted? I what did I say? Persecuted. Yep. Prosecuted. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it was set up by the Supreme Headquarters of the Allied Expeditionary Force. And they published in 1947 a four-volume list divided into Germans, non-Germans, and two supplementary lists of people suspected of committing war crimes between September 1939 in May 1945, and to Allied Nazi hunters, the Crowcast list, because they, they that's like it's a published list, right? That's known forever, uh, became known to Nazi hunters as the Nazi Hunters Bible. The list contains over sixty thousand people. Wow! Not all of them Bloody were war criminals. Some were simply being sought for interrogation or to act as witnesses. However, within the pages of the Crowcast are the alleged perpetrators of tens of thousands of war crimes. Among those on the list are Registry List Number One: Adolf Hitler, wanted for murder in Poland, Czechoslovakia, and Belgium. All of this, sorry, Lee retired uh, from the RAF in 1946 at age 25. So all of this, well, we just covered like the war and all that yeah. before he was 25. Crazy. Uh, I'd at- done nothing by the time I was 25. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I had a degree. That was it. Yeah, he, he'd been through like the precursor to the SAS, like hunting war criminals, like. That's wild. Crazy. Climbed a volcano. Climbed a volcano. Survived a volcano. Survived, witnessed an execution, the last execution in France. At this point, he decided to give acting a try. Acting. Acting. Theater. I'm going to the theater. (laughs) So just a little bit more on his personal life before we get into his acting roles. I love how he just introduced that he's going to be an actor. Also, let's not talk about that now and go over some other stuff. This is the point where he decided to do it, but- yeah. There's a lot of acting stuff to go through, so I'm going to cover that in one okay. chunk. All right, I'm with you now. So during the 1950s, Lee was engaged to Countess Harriet, 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 Henrietta, Ewa Agnes von Rosen. Dope name. Whom he met at a nightclub in Stockholm. Just, nice. Yeah. The old father-in-law to be was a bit demanding, uh, getting the couple to delay a wedding a year so he could get his London-based friends to interview Lee. Also hiring private to interview inter- interview him. Also hiring private detectives to investigate him, and he asked Lee to provide references. That's make- awesome. Yeah, I like that as much as it's to like which, to which he did. He got like an actor, a director, and I think there was a London police officer. He got the, as a as a reference. 
One final test. Lee had to get permission from the King of Sweden to Why? marry his bride to be. Uh, because the, the count and the countess, they were from Sweden. So but you have, like, does the king know them? I'd say so, being that they were like nobility. Okay. It just seems weird. Yeah. Like, he had to get the. Did this guy just not want him to marry his daughter? He did not want him to marry his daughter. Wild. But he did get the blessing from the King of Sweden as he had uh, met. Yes, I'm him. sure the king's like. Yeah, whatever. Well, he had actually met him personally a couple, a few years ago prior. Oh, okay. For some acting. Right, okay. Thing. So he, he actually yeah, met him. Can you imagine going up to like King Charles and being like, hey, this girl I want to marry is Australian. That's technically your problem. Yeah. And Can her, I marry her? And her father wants me to get your blessing. Yeah. He'd be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> However, shortly before the wedding, Lee called it off. After all that. After all that. He had voiced concerns that his financial insecurity in his chosen profession meant that the Countess deserved better. Yeah, that feels like a cop-out. The Countess understood this and they departed on amicable terms. That's such a cop-out. He did, however, marry in March of 1961 to a former Danish, not, she wasn't former Danish, she was a Danish former model, Birgit Kronke. And they had a they had a daughter in 1963. Birgit Kronke. Birgit, B-I-R-G. Birgit. Okay. Cronky. Sean, do you want to- I'm trying. There's not a lot of information. Yeah. Well, just pronunciation. Do you have the- Moving on. So now let's go over his acting chops. Acting. Acting, boy. He was entered in the Guinness Book of World Records in 2007 for most screen credits. I was about to say, for what? Most acting? Yes. Yeah. Having appeared in 244 films and TV movies. Uh, Sorry. 244 film and TV movies by that point in his career. His current IMDb credits sits at 287 with one upcoming. What's the one upcoming? Uh, it was a voiceover for something. Ah. Also did some video games. There uh, you go. Yes, majority of Lord of the Rings video games. Better. It was like the Lego Lord of the Rings I've seen. And Even better. Which one? He was in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, was he? Uh, my favorite, favorite my favorite series of video games. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He played Diz cool. in Kingdom Hearts 2. Great name. That would be part of the 287 that's currently sitting at IMDb. Yeah. Um, he also at one point hold, held the record for tallest leading actor, as I said, six, six, <laughs> six foot five inches. What an oddly specific record. And for starring in the most films with a sword fight at 17. Now that's specific. Like at 17. I would say. At 17 films, not I at age of I love that. Yeah. I love that that's even something somebody thought to record. There's probably a reason why he's in so many sword fighting films. Probably because he's a sword fighter. Uh, I'll cover it later, but he apparently was a world champion fencer. There you go. Imagine how hard it would be to fence against him. Yeah. yeah. It's a like, lot of like, reach. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Some of his most well-known roles, uh, which seem to include a lot of villains, include Count Dooku or Darth Tyrannus from the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Okay. Uh, next, we have Saruman the White in five of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Ring movies, including the prequel Hobbit trilogy. He was actually a major Tolkien fan, and apparently he would read The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy once a year for the majority of his life. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and he would read it every year. He's also the only member of the cast to have met Tolkien in person. Yeah. Randomly running into him in a pub, and allegedly he totally fanboyed out. Yeah, wouldn't you? If you read the book every year, you'd freak out. Tolkien also gave him his blessing to play Gandalf in any future Lord of the Rings. I thought you were going to say to marry someone no. again. <laughs> no, <laughs> to play Gandalf in future Lord of the Rings movies. When Lee did hear Hollywood was finally going to make the Lord of the Rings 
Lord of the Rings trilogy, he took a role in the terrible 1997 TV series The New Adventures of Robin Hood as a wizard. Specifically, so he had evidence of his ability to play a wizard. Nice. That's smart. When he heard that Peter Jackson was to direct, he sent Jackson a personal letter requesting to be in the movies, along with a photo of himself dressed as a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Peter, can I please be wizard? Yeah. Look I'm, at I'm, a photo I'm, of me as wizard. I'm guessing he's asking to play as Gandalf. <laughs> I'm imagining in my head that it's like a Halloween costume. Yeah, so right. it's like kind of bad. Like a like a like the blue with the yellow he's got like stars. A cane or something. Yeah. He's like, Aah. just imagine one of those home filled videos, which starts with him walking backwards <laughs> from the camera after he pushes oh, the button. Oh, like, hey, yeah. uh, hello, my name is Sir Christopher Lee. Um, I, I, wanna- I, I would like to play wizard. <laughs> Not, not character. It's not name, a bad impersonation, wizard. actually. That was pretty. It's not bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> I um I have experience as wizard. Um, <laughs> you can see um my reel. It's attached. Um, I I I really like Tolkien. Um, yeah. I met him once, you know. <laughs> he um he said that I could be Gandalf. <laughs> um, and I think I, sorry, uh, I'd be leading with that. I said I met Tolkien, and he said I could play Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf. <laughs> ready, ready. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Ready, ready. You, you shall, shall not, not pass. Oh, damn it. Trip, trips over or something. <laughs> you shall pass. Whoops. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> you shall not proceed. Oh, sorry, that's not the right line. Um, <laughs> line. Oh, uh, yes. And he's making fun of me. The man is like, like, you shall not it's... pass. <laughs> In a Danish accent. I love how you're making fun of him. The man was a le- we just went over what he did during the war. The man's a legend. Someone talk about the war. <laughs> Don't talk about the war. <laughs> um, in summary, uh, please take me as Gandalf. <laughs> so, yes, I'm, I'm assuming he wanted to play Gandalf. Um, but at this point in his career, he'd been pretty much typecast as a villain. And I personally think that uh, it was the right casting to cast him as Saruman. He's a pretty good villain. Yeah. Do you reckon he was annoyed the whole time? No, he loved it. Oh, okay. Yep. The guy that played Gandalf was the guy that played Dumbledore first, right? Nope. The no. second Dumbledore. No, no, Gandalf no. is Gandalf is Magneto. Yes. Oh, yep. Yeah, yep, yep. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yep, 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 yep. Michael Gambon played Dumbledore second. Yeah, yep, Richard yep, yep. Harris played Dumbledore first. Yep. I'm on board again. Ian McKellen, different person. Friends okay. Pat- best friends with Patrick Stewart. There is a pretty funny story from the set here too. Spoiler, spoiler alert for Return of the King here, by the way. So skip forward another minute if you don't want to hear the ending of a 20-year-old movie. <laughs> what? I just love the sass. <laughs> if you don't want to hear the ending of a 20-year-old movie, <laughs> gosh. You, you should have watched it by now. <laughs> During his death scene in Return, uh, which is only on the extended cut, director Peter Jackson was describing to him what the sound of people being stabbed in the back should make. Uh-huh. Lee responded that he had seen people be stabbed in the back and knew exactly what sound they made. And the answer uh-huh. is a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> 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 that needs to be in every podcast from now on. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. apparently he knew exactly. And Peter Jackson was just like, okay, you obviously know what you're talking about, so you just do what you need to do. I love it when people do that in situations. Yeah. I had a mate do that in the army once. His name was Brody. Broadfoot, something Broadfoot, not important. And he was in the British Army and he was in the Falklands and, and various other places. And when he transferred to the Australian Army, he got reduced in rank considerably just for position stuff. One day they're like, we're going to the grenade range, the following people are going. And Broad is like, I'm not f-ing going. And they're like, no, you're going to the grenade range. He goes, I'm not going to the f-ing grenade range and throwing a grenade at a stick in the ground. They're like, 
How many brawl fit you go into the grenade range? And in front of like a hundred people, he goes, have you ever fucking thrown a grenade at a fucking person and watched it kill them? And the officer just stared at him. He goes, that's what I thought. And then folded his arms. Never saw him go to the grenade range. <laughs> he was a tough dude, man. He was great. Policeman now. Cool. Yeah. In South Australia. <laughs> so not here. <laughs> just dossing him. Another villain, Francisco Scaramanga. Do you know who that is? Oh, from James Bond. Yeah. The man with the golden gun. It is, uh, yeah. He played the villain assassin who owned the golden gun and is regarded as one of the best vil- Bond villains of all time. Absolutely, yeah. Also, remember, he was related to James Bond creator Ian Fleming and Lee was one of Fleming's first um, choices. Actually, uh, Ian said <laughs> yeah. that I could be James. <laughs> well, he was Ian Fleming's, like one of his first choices to play Bond during, due to his World War II and of SOE course, experiences. Of course he was. Yep. Um, actually, uh, I think you'll find um, I, James Bond was written about me. <laughs> well, that was potentially another uh, um, topic for me to do is the all the people that is speculated James Bond is based on. Cool. So cool. that could be an upcoming podcast. I love the quote about playing Francisco Scaramanga. It's fantastic. What? He said of the character of Francisco Scaramanga, of which he played, Lee said of his performance... <clears throat> In Fleming's novels, he's just a West Indian thug, but in the films, he's charming, elegant, amusing, and lethal. I played him like the dark side of Bond. Ooh. That's great. Awesome. That's a great quote. Another character he played, Dracula. Ah, ah, ah. He first played Dracula in Horror of Dracula in 1958. That's one film. Ah, 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 ah. ah. <laughs> the role evolved into his best known in show business as it spawned several sequels. Several. No, uh, from, uh, from 1966 to 1976. <laughs> sure didn't like that. Lee would play the blood-sucking vampire seven more times, with the last being Dracula and Son in 1976. I want to suck your blood. Blah. blah. I don't say blah. <laughs> I, I want to be a wizard. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Wrong line. <laughs> During- oh, I can't get rid of this accent. <laughs> he like walks back from the camera dressed as a wizard. And his fangs fall out like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is so on point for what I'm about. A this is so on point for what I'm about to say next. You're making like what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> During his stint, he got tired of playing Dracula and feeling oh. that the movies had gotten subpar, Lee tried to quit Hammer Films, who were the studios yep. making these ones. But the studio executives guilted him into returning by stressing out how many people would be out of work if Lee stops churning out hits. Oh. Lee agreed Do you to know star- how many people you'll make poor? Yeah. <laughs> Lee agreed to star in the 1966 Dracula Prince of Darkness. He felt the script was so awful and he stubbornly refused to say any of the dialogue. Hammer decided that it was far more important to have a mute Lee as the star as opposed to anyone else and thus had Dracula hiss and yell throughout the film. So he never said any lines. Amazing. He, he just he yelled hated the script so much. He refused they to say it. They rewrote it to just make him hiss yep. and yell. That's like in Star Wars. <laughs> That's like in Star Wars, the actor that played Darth Vader. In the second film, he'd realized they'd, once he'd Not found out voice. that they weren't using his voice. So he just used to shout random stuff <laughs> in the suit because he's like, ah, oh, well, they're not going to use my voice anyway. So he would just yell shit. <laughs> and poor old Mark Hamill would have to make it up. <laughs> he would act at nothing. <laughs> oh, sh- Brilliant. Other villainous roles include Fu Manchu. Nice. As mentioned before, Rasputin. Probably not problematic at all. Fu Manchu. Uh, actually, you need to look up a photo like you could never tell. Okay. You mean because he's not Asian? Yes. Yeah. Yellow face? 
Lord, <laughs> Lord Summer Isle of the Wicker Mand, Mistopheles, Mistopheles, even Death, and Rochford of the Three Musketeers, to which his betrayal was so popular, the character now appears with an eye patch, even though it wasn't in the books. We introduced the look. That's pretty cool to like forever alter the way a character yeah. appears. Yeah, well, uh, oh, mate, what's his name? Samuel L. Jackson's kind of done that with Nick Fury. Oh, yeah. yeah oh. Originally, Nick Fury was a white dude. Now, in everything, he's a black man. He's, yeah, okay. That's pretty cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Also, Snakes on a Plane is entirely held up by him. Not seen that movie. You should. You should. It's a wild ride. It's, a, it's good. While filming a sword fight, we're going, we're going into the swords here. Okay. I think this is where I get into the fencing thing. While filming a sword fight with a drunken Errol Flynn during the filming of The Dark Avengers in 1955, Flynn accidentally cut Lee's hand so badly, his finger nearly came off and was permanently injured. Later, Lee cut off Finn's wig while Finn was still wearing it. Flynn stormed off set and refused to come out of his trailer until Lee claimed it was an accident. (laughs) Just something pretty funny. Speaking of sword fights- it was an accident. Not apologised. claimed. Speaking of sword fights, Lee was apparently a world champion fencer. Yep. Which is why I believe Count Dooku's lightsaber hilt is curved because it was coming from his fencing yeah, right. uh, oh, experience. Cool. Wait, are they, are, are they curved? Yeah, his one is curved. Only his one. No, no, no. For a fencing are they, yes. sword. Yeah, they- um, So there are three- So you have like a basic one, which is like a normal straight one, and then you have like a little one, and then it like, it's almost like a 45 degree angle. Yeah, right. So there's multiple types of fencing swords, right? For those that have looked it up, if you never, if you've never looked it up, there's there's the epi. I, I say it a little bit wrong. Or epe. There's the foil, epi, yeah. and then there's a fencing saber as well. Um, it's not so much that they're necessarily super curved, but yeah, a few of them have like a sort of little dog leg. It, it's like a almost like a pistol shaped handle, mm-hmm. so they they sort of hold it, kind of like um, I suppose you could say they kind of hold it like a syringe. Yeah, like oh, with yeah. their fingers split so that they can, they don't have to bend their wrist quite as far forward. Like they can have it point because the whole idea, yeah, right? Sabers and and epes I, and I just always thought it was like a straight bar. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, and then the sabers again, and sabers come from horse swords. Well, sorry, from cavalry swords, um, which were did have a curved blade so that it was easier to swing downward because yeah. once again you didn't have to over rotate the sword as far. Yeah, right. Fun facts, even modern decorative cavalry sabres still have that shaped handle. For yeah. instance, Australian Army parade swords mm. in Armoured Corps, which is cavalry, nursing and aviation corps, they, they carry a cavalry-style sabre, and it's a lot more awkward for them to carry it on parade because they have to hold it like this. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like how he's doing hand actions for an audio-only podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, deser- o- I deserve that. <laughs> in October of... 2009, Lee was made a Knight Commander of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire. Dope. By then Prince of Wales, Charles. Oh, Charlie. Uh, It was for his services to drama and charity. Cool. Lee was also a big metal fan. He loved his alloys. No, the music metal. Oh. But, uh, and he released his first full heavy metal album in 2010 at the age of 88. Wow. He has. Titled That's cool. Charlemagne by the Sword and the Cross, which won the Spirit of Metal Award in the 2010 Metal Hammer Golden God Ceremony. He made a metal Christmas album in 2012 and was the oldest metal performer and also the oldest musician to ever hit the Billboard music charts. 
That's pretty cool. Christopher Lee's amazing- After all that other stuff. Yep. So Christopher Lee's amazing life ended on June 7th, 2015 at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital after being admitted for respiratory problems and heart failure. This was just after his 93rd birthday. He was honoured at the 88th Academy Awards in 2016 in the annual memorial section. Wow. And that boy is the episode. What a life. What a life. I know. Like, to do all that and then at yeah. 88 go, I'm going to release a metal album. Yeah. And like, I listened to the song. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like spoken word poetry in his rather yeah. specific <laughs> voice. Um, uh, I actually, killed the Saxon man. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> we'll listen to it after the episode. Yeah. All right. Good but, stuff. Link it, link it in the- Yeah. In the, Let's add yeah. that to the link tree. We, have, we haven't put something in the link tree for a long time, so it'll be yep. definitely in the link tree. Spotify link to the album. But that is the story of Christopher Lee. I first came across it when I just randomly saw something like he saw the last public execution by guillotine. I went, huh? And then just started, uh-huh. looking, started looking into it and went, holy crap, this dude's done some stuff. Yeah, that's cool. That's, a, that's an awesome life to do all that. Yeah. And like- Two very different portions of his life too, like army life and then actor. Mm. Like that's cool. So thanks for listening, everyone. You can uh, find us at all your popular podcast locations. Hopefully you've already found that. But you can also find us on socials where we'll be posting supplementary content, uh, photos, uh, obviously, of some Chris Christopher Lee's roles. Uh, the link tree will be there for his metal song. Metal album. Metal album. Um so if you can give us a like, uh, give us a share, get us out by word of mouth, that'll help us grow. We are always looking to grow our listeners and let more people hear the amazing stories of uh, like Sir Christopher Lee's or other interesting stories we tell. We want to get them into the people's ear holes. Um, get them in your ear holes. Oh, I don't like <laughs> you know ear that? holes. Get the podcast in your ear if holes. If you have ear holes, listen to Cheeky Tales. We have, in your ear holes. We haven't quite got a tagline yet. <laughs> and like, get it in your ear hole feels a bit like- Cheeky Tales, cram it down your ear hole. Yeah, cram it up your cram hole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you could give us a give us a like on the socials, there will be photos there um, at Cheeky Tales Pod on Facebook, Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, coming soon to OnlyFans. Uh, (laughs) cut it (laughs) Uh, we'll be back in two weeks time with you boy you have a story to tell I do and this week it's not a mystery oh Oh, I like mystery ones I like mystery ones but there's only so many I know I'm constantly searching for for mystery based ones yeah anyway it's not a mystery but it is boat related is it oh no Hitting another one of our favourite topics. Boats. Yeah, well, we hit World War II in this one. Yeah. Spa- yeah, World War II. <laughs> yeah. By association, World War II boats and space. Yep. That's our favourite three. Nice. And, anyway. And medley episodes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, boy. Thanks for listening, listeners. Thanks for Thank producing, you. Sean. Yes. And Good we'll night, everyone. Back in a fortnight. Back in a fortnight. Good night. And we're back in a fortnight. Welcome back to Chicken Tales. <laughs> we're banking them. Do, 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 Guess do, who's do, back. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Back again. Back again. Cheeky's back. Tell Please tell a friend. Via Instagram. <laughs> Somebody stop talking so I can cut. Gazzle's back. Gazzle's back. Gazzle's back. Gazzle's back. All right. Da, da, da. Okay, we're cutting. No.